Hello. Hey, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How's it going, man? It's going really well. How about you? Not awake enough yet to find to really know for sure, but uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I am either. I don't have an excuse though. It's it's ten AM here. So But uh, it's ten AM Sunday. So. That's true. That's true. I appreciate you agreeing to do this, man. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while, so I'm glad we finally uh, made it happen. Yeah, I've been wanting. Uh, how long has this show been on? Uh, last May, maybe. Last May. So you're coming up on a coming up on a year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I listened to every episode. So oh, thanks, man. No problem. All right. So where do you want to start with this thing? <laughs> Well, I'll introduce you. We'll probably do like a little overview, uh, ask you to – I mean, you've been listening to the show. So I, I'm less yeah, I, about you know, having like a structured – we're going to yeah. get this point, this point, and this point. I want to talk a little bit about Ed Wood, obviously. You know a hell of a lot more about the guy than I do. Uh, so I want to hear a little bit more about that. And then when we talked about this, we talked about you mentioning some of the movies that maybe some people don't really know a lot about. Yeah, that's I mean, right. We, we all know the basics. We all know Plan 9, you know. Right, right. So, which I'm sure we'll hit on. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a lot of structure. I mean, if we if we kind of veer off on a tangent, whenever I can always edit things together. I mean, yeah, I figured. You know that. what I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Make sure my gear is recording here. No technical difficulties. Okay. And, okay. All right. We are. By the way, have you yes, seen sir. that? The Tumblr for this that I've made for this, the Edward Wednesday's Tumblr. I think so. Let's so see. just try edwardwednesdays.tumblr.com. Let's pop it up on my. Nope. Yes, I have. I remember when you talked about putting this together because all the kids are doing Tumblr. I've joked like I, I've almost gotten to the point where I want to just go door to door and just read these to people. Just you know. <laughs> Do you have a few minutes that I can talk to you about Edward D. Wood Jr.? Like, have you accepted Edward D. Wood Jr. into your life? Can I come in for a minute and maybe we could talk? You know, like you know, it's like a Jehovah's Witness kind of thing, but with Ed. So I figured anything I can do to make these sort of like more accessible is good, and that's why I created this Tumblr. Because, like I said, I I never, you know, basically every time I write one, uh, you know, you have to do the thing where you kind of make the rounds on social media, sort of begging people to go read it. Yeah. And and I never, like, really random ones will, for some reason, do really well, and then ones that you expect to do well actually don't. So I figured this way, it's all on this one page. It's pretty. I try to make it with like pretty colors and stuff <laughs> you know just anything possible if i could just read it these articles to people i would well that's the other thing that i wish ed wood's name didn't also sound like w-o-u-l-d because uh, that has made so many sentences impossible like what ed wood would do you know like <laughs> would ed wood write this movie or would what would Ed have done or something? I can't. I, I have to go through articles sometimes and take those kind of sentences out because they would sound ridiculous if you said them out loud. So I wish his <laughs> name was almost anything else. Also, I do you know why it's Edward Wednesday? It's Edward Wednesdays rather than any other day of the week because of the the W sound. Right. And Wednesdays is a super busy day for me. Uh, Wednesdays is like my busy 
busiest day of the week, so I wish his name had been alliterative with any other day of the week. <laughs> uh, so that's when the other challenge of this was that Wednesdays is a really inconvenient day. I didn't even think about that in advance. So, But uh, the wood thing, it does get a lot of play in books and articles and documentaries with puns on the name. Yeah, of course. You know, like dead wood, and I, I, I can't even remember all of them, but wood actually, you know, gets a lot. Of, there's a lot of wood-based. I th- I think in like eight months of doing these, and it's been the project has been going for eight months. I don't think I've done too many wood-based puns. You know, I haven't I haven't picked up on that at all, really. Yeah, so I mean, I, if you I, have, it's it's been so peripheral that. So I, I've not been, you know, chopping wood or firewood or log wood or, or I've not done any of those wood puns. So I, th- that's one thing that I, I saw from documentaries and articles that I was like, oh, I'm definitely avoiding wood based. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing is lately I've been trying to do more journalism around it. And that means like trying to contact people that right. are kind of involved. Uh, how does that go for you when you try to contact people? Well, I haven't done a lot of it with with uh, Monster Kid Radio. Um, uh, see, I think the only people outside of my friends uh, that I've had to have, that I've had on MKR have been uh, see Jackie Rainey Jones from Manos, and I'm friends with her on Facebook as well. So it was just a matter of reaching out to her and asking her if she'd do it. And then uh, Dennis Vincent that I just had on the show last week, he's also a mutual friend of a friend. Okay. So he's the one that introduced me to him, and I just reached out to him on Facebook as well. But I haven't had a lot of – oh, I guess Roger Brown is probably the biggest stretch that I had when I had the guy who played Argo Man on the show. And, oh, right. I heard that. That was so cool. Yeah, that was a thrill. Um, I want to have him back on down the line. But yeah, that, was really that was set up for me through the film company that I do some work for now. Oh, really? Dorado Films. Yeah. Yeah, so they're friends with that. They're friends with Roger. They – they own the rights to Argo Man and all that, and they're the ones that put me in contact with them. And that was months of setting things up and making a schedule happen and all that. So, But, yeah, I haven't had a lot of real-world experience in terms of like reaching out to other people. I want to do more of that. What you've been hearing is kind of the preamble to what Joe Blevins and I talked about on a few episodes of Monster Kid Radio about a week or so ago. Back on episode 80 and 81, he and I broke down his Ed Wood Wednesday project over at his website, Dead to Rights, which you can get to at d2rights.blogspot.com. But before we started the show proper, we just kind of talked a little bit. It was the first time we had actually communicated in a very long time. We were just kind of warming things up, getting the Skype machine going, making sure our vocal cords were ready to get into the goodness that is Ed Wood. And I thought it'd be interesting to share this raw recording, not overly edited, not overly produced, just this conversation between a couple of guys who happen to love monster movies, one who happens to really love Ed Wood movies. I thought it'd be a nice conversation to share with you on episode 83 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your host, Derek M. Cook. I want to welcome you to the show. Now, you can find everything that you need to know about what we do here at Monster Kid Radio over on our website, monsterkidradio.com. 
net. You can find a link to Joe's website, Dead to Rights, in the show notes over there at monsterkidradio.net. You can find links to the YouTube, the Live 365, the Facebook group, and you can also find our contact information, which is monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or a voicemail line, which is 503-479-5657. That's 503-4795-MKR. The other really big thing that I want to talk about, again, I've been mentioning for the past few episodes, we were nominated for a Rondo Award. Monster Kid Radio was nominated in the Best Multimedia Horror category. Head over to RondoAward.com to view the entire ballot, every category, every nominee, and for instructions on how to make your voice heard and get your vote cast in this year's Rondo Awards. Of course, we'd appreciate your support. I'd also appreciate your support for Christopher R. Mim for his movie, The Giant Spider. He's up for Best Independent Film. We're working on getting Chris on the show in the very near future to talk about his upcoming movie, The Late Night Double Feature. Post-production is done. He's just now working on getting the premiere done, and, well, we'll see what happens next. If we get him on the show, we'll talk about what his future plans are, and we'll talk about some other things as well. And speaking of talking about other things, why don't we just get back to that Raw conversation between Joe and I about Ed Wood right after this. White Zombie, a new novelization of the classic horror movie from award-winning author Stephen D. Sullivan. Available now in print and all ebook formats. Find it on Amazon, Smashwords, Drive Through Fiction, and other quality outlets. Also available in a special edition, including the complete movie script. Grab White Zombie before it grabs you. Details at sdsullivan.com. Hello, Christopher. What insanity are you up to today? Oh, hey, Lydia. I'm downloading some movies. What? (laughs) People are always telling me that's illegal. Uh Uh-uh, not these. They're all public domain. Oh, look, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Well, let me see what you're doing. Oh, you're at archive.org. Well, they have thousands of films, TV shows, commercials radio shows, and books available. Yeah, but there are so many. I wish there was a podcast or something that would discuss these things. You know, give us an idea of what's worth the time. Um, Christopher, there is. We do one. Oh, that's right. We host Orphan Entertainment. Once a month, we pick something from archive.org and review and discuss it. <laughs> that sure is nice of us. <laughs> sure. Well, why don't you click over to orphan-entertainment.jonja.net and remind yourself a little more about the show. <laughs> Will do. So let's see. That's orphan-entertainment.jonja.net. Hey, can we review the Gilligan's Island movie sometime? Mm-hmm. We'll see, Christopher. We'll see. And then every person who's chronicling Ed Wood's career has to make it through all the Stephen Apostolov films from the 1970s in a row. He's the guy who made, in 1965, he was the one who made Orgy of the Dead. Ah, yes. <laughs> and Orgy of the Dead, though, is a real crazy movie. It has kind of an Elvira-looking woman, and it has a graveyard, and it has a mummy, and it has all this crazy stuff happening in it. And so that movie is actually pretty fun unless you try and sit through it all in one sitting which like i said that was one thing that i said in my article about it is that people make the mistake of actually trying to sit down and watch it in one sitting which they shouldn't do (laughs) because um nothing happens in the movie at all and it's 
and it's located in this very one specific one spot basically it's not even they're they're not like fanning out and being in the whole cemetery they're in this one little clearing in the cemetery so it seems like about like 20 square feet where the whole movie takes place mm-hmm. other than this car accident at the beginning like almost all of it takes place in this very little narrow rectangle of activity that's the other thing about Apostle films. Like they tend to be like ninety minutes long, mm-hmm. uh, around there. And like Edwood's prime stuff is like nineteen, like from the fifties, is like sixty to seventy minutes long. And you don't get like an an Apostle film that's shorter than about ninety minutes. Like even though like a lot less happens in in Orgy of the Dead, and it takes place in a lot fewer locations. It's like t- a good 20 minutes longer than something like Leonard Glenda or Bride of the Monster or uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. And Plan 9 from Outer Space is crazy. It goes on in all these different places. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's army stuff happening, and then there's stuff on an airplane, and there's sort of domestic stuff, and then stuff happening out in outer space. And it's cutting from here and here and here and here. And Orgy of the Dead, it's it's all in one location, so you're kind of stuck there for a really long time. But at least that movie has all that sort of horror movie uh, trappings. Whereas if you watch all the movies from yeah from 1972 to 1978, uh, basically all the movies that Ed made were with Stephen Apostolov. So there's let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's like six or seven films in a row where oh my yeah those movies are rough to get through (laughs) like sitting through the cocktail hostesses from the class reunion those movies are not fun (laughs) to watch Uh, i don't did you read i don't like i I would want people to actually read those articles because i i i use them i hope as a jumping off point for a lot of hopefully interesting points about what life was like in the 1970s Mm -hmm. and with a thing like Dropout Wife from 1972, I even found there really was this woman. There was this whole phenomenon of dropout wives, people wives that were leaving their husbands and families as part of the, sort of the feminist movement in the 70s. And then I found this woman who was like on the cover of Life magazine, and she was on 60 Minutes, and she was this kind of very controversial figure in America for about a year. And she was called the Dropout Wife. So in this article about this really boring movie, Dropout Wife, which is, believe me, it's a chore to watch. Like, you're just going to be uh, you're gonna be struggling to stay awake through that one. But, yeah, that there are interesting, like, side points to talk about. And it, I think in one, I think I just, I talked for a while about how the Apostolov, Ed Wood movies uh, in the 1970s, they're, they're a good uh, catalog of all the worst like uh, hairstyles and clothing and, uh, you know, decorating ideas from the 70s. Like, they're all in <laughs> one movie. So, uh, like, the movies, those movies are just oppressively ugly to look at. Just the worst rooms ever and, and like, the worst hairstyles and the worst clothes. And there's a way to go back and do 70s stuff where it makes it look kind of funky and cool. But if you go back to the actual 70s, you see a lot of like those awful, because those kind of ugly earth tones and kind of like avocado colored carpeting yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and like you're stuck in for 90 minutes watching this stuff. So 
But anyway, do you want to talk about some of the like the famous ones? Well, uh, I mean, I think the famous ones are the uh, the gateway. I mean, obviously, and then we'll we'll dive a little bit into some of these other. I mean, they don't have the the significant monster kid radio. I mean, the movie, the monster movie kind of connections, but I still think it's fascinating. And and you you nailed it right when you were just talking about how you know these later films you're trapped in these the well, worst of the 70s and i mean it's it's fascinating to me as somebody who loves looking at movies as these historical you know kind of archaeological almost in a way kind of things because you get to look and see what things were like during this time especially for a non-studio picture an independent film oh yeah you know it's just fascinating because you don't have hollywood prettying it up this is what it was it was more real and more gritty and well, the, you know, the, the avocado colors of everything, you know. That was the other thing that you'll find in the Stephen Apostoloff films in the 1970s. Uh, he would do some uh, location shooting, and I even was in contact with the people. at. He shot a couple of movies at a ski resort just because he liked skiing. Okay. Uh, later, people have confirmed that, that this was the place to me, but uh, there was a place in California actually called Mammoth Mountain, where he filmed a couple of movies. But the sets are, um, and I've actually been in contact with the people at Mammoth Mountain, and they had nice. no idea that a couple of, they, they had no idea that Ed Wood had a couple of movies made there. Uh, the problem, unfortunately, though, was that this was a, like a, a tourist resort, and it was kind of corporate owned, and I think they'd been through a couple of different corporate owners, and anybody who would have been attached to the, third, the previous regime was gone. Uh, at Mammoth Mountain, so, but the place still looks pretty much the same. But the problem is with the Apostolov films, he filmed all the interiors on these sets. So you see, like the 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 these brick walls, these sort of cinder block walls, mm-hmm. sort of gray bl- brick walls, and these really bad couches like pushed up against the brick walls, and you <laughs> see these same like brick walls in movie after movie after movie and they just rearrange the furniture from one room to another to make you think like oh they've gone from one room to another but they've not done that at all they've just rearranged the furniture against this really oppressive prisony looking gray wall and so if you watch all of his movies week after week back to back to back you end up looking at these gray cinder block walls over and over and over again. So, but the one thing that I wanted to bring up to your Monster Kid Radio listeners uh, is that there are uh, a few movies in the obscurity category uh, that do have monsters in them, including a monster who is just called the monster in One Million ACDC. There's, there's a great monster in One Million ACDC from 1969. Uh, there's another really cool monster in Venus Flytrap from 1970. And let's see, what else? Let's see if there's... Oh, there's the Astounding She-Monster from 1957. See, I didn't fun. realize he was attached to that in any way when you mentioned that on your blog. I was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, t- the extent to which he was is disputed, and that's... What happens after, I think with week 28, Hot Ice was the last sort of canonical official uh, thing that Ed Wood was involved in that was on my list. 
where it actually says Ed Wood, Edward D. Wood, I guess, in the credits. Right. And he was an assistant director on that. Starting with week 30, and I'd say it's, I've done five in a row like that. These are sort of the apocryphal films where his uh, dis- his uh, involvement in it is kind of disputed, or yeah, where the people that have different uh, different accounts of how involved he was or was not, because like last week's movie was called Married Too Young from 1962, and now any any release that Married Too Young gets, it says it practically like Ed Wood's Married Too Young, right? But I made sure to put in there that the screenwriter the credited screenwriter's daughter says that like her dad was the only one who wrote the movie and that Ed Wood had no involvement in it so I maybe it's important to her that uh, Married Too Young is correctly attributed to her dad and not to Ed Wood but if the movie is ever going to be seen by anybody ever again it's because of Ed's name and not any other because otherwise no one is ever you're going to sit through Married Too Young ever again. This is pretty rough. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's not bad as these things go. It's not the the cocktail hostesses or the snow bunnies. It's called Married Too Young, but the, the hero of the movie is 30 years old and he's playing a high schooler. So <laughs> he's uh, Harold Lloyd Jr., the son of Harold right. Lloyd, the comedian. And he's okay. I said he... I try to like make the movies as as vivid to people as I can, and and I said that he reminded because it was true. He reminds me of like Peyton Manning, but if you took away Peyton Manning's kind of sense of humor, you'd get Harold Lloyd Jr. And it's true. <laughs> he's like if you've ever seen like Peyton Manning do TV commercials and uh-huh. stuff, he's a lot like Peyton Manning in kind of in behavior, except no humor to him at all yeah if anybody ever watches married to you and it's 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 not going to be like harold lloyd fans who want to see like well what was his son doing you know in 1962 nobody's going to want to see that but so anybody who distributes married too young they always try and play up uh ed's involvement in it sure but uh the movies that i would if i would want to steer anybody towards the obscure films in the catalog uh venus flytrap which is now very very widely available public domain wise as the revenge of dr x it's public domain so it's in a lot of the mill creek yeah sets it's week 20 here in the list of the movies that i did and yeah i would want people to check out definitely one million acdc which is uh, a caveman movie normally uh, i don't like caveman movies at all on 1951 down place you did a caveman film didn't you? yeah we did the raquel welch was it one million years bc one million years bc this was like one million acdc was meant as a parody of uh, one million years bc i recently uh just put that in actually because i have that as a i have that on dvd with the mighty gorga from something weird Yes. And I've got a soft spot for the Mighty Gorga, as awful as it is. And I've never sat down to watch the One Million Year ACDC, but I thought, you know, I got the DVD, I'll give it a look, and boy, it looks rough. It's okay. Here's the thing that I would say to people about One Million ACDC is a first, especially the first 10 minutes, are really rough sledding because this is the most unfortunate aspect of some of Ed's movies from the 60s and 70s is. 
there's like a really uncomfortable rapey kind of aspect to a lot of the films where <laughs> like this is a caveman movie so part of the caveman the part of like the the appeal of them is like bonk the woman over the head and like drag her over your shoulder kind of you know where she mm-hmm. doesn't have you know any say in what's happening and that's like the first 10 minutes of this movie and they're gross they're really unpleasant because uh if you look at the if you go to the tumblr site or if you go to the list of the articles you can see the one for week 17 like you see this guy who looks like borat sidekick from borat <laughs> this actor i forgot i'm sorry i'm blanking on his name but he was he's in he's also in the creeping terror if you've ever seen that one that's the one where the yeah the big sl- slow moving monster this is that guy but you're seeing him like just wearing like a loincloth which He's an unpleasant-looking fellow, and you're just seeing him in a loincloth. What they call in the movie a virgin sacrifice, which is so it's so awful. I know, but I would say stick with the movie for like ten minutes, uh, because then like fun, goofy stuff starts happening in the movie. And I think a lot of it's done as intentional comedy. You get this plastic dinosaur that looks a lot like a Rex from the Toy Story movies. And they do a lot of this forced perspective stuff where they hold a little plastic dinosaur right up close to the camera so that he looks huge and then the characters in the background are supposed to look small. Mm-hmm. That is, that's terrific. So I was, and there's a, there's a guy in a gorilla suit, which I love that, uh, that, that there's, I always love movies where there's guys in gorilla suits. Oh, what am I even talking about? Like, if if you're if if people are going to be like pushed towards more and the more obscure movies in the catalog, definitely for Monster Kid Radio fans, definitely go to The Bride and the Beast from 1958. I don't know, have you seen that particular film? I have. It's been a while, but I have seen that one. I do have that one here. That's the love story between this woman who's just married uh, and. She falls in love with a gorilla. With a gorilla. There's this whole hypnosis thing. And... Yeah, and that one features um, Lance Fuller, who is in This Island Earth, and he's in, I think it's called The She-Monster. The, it's the other, so that was the one where I said that the movie was crying out for John Agar. <laughs> the, the, that movie, The Bride and the Beast, the 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 star of the movie should definitely be John Agar. Uh, Ed Wood knew John Agar, and they they socialized a bit, but somehow it never occurred to it never happened that they got around to making a movie together. Unfortunately, which would have been great, uh, an Ed Wood John Agar movie. But he tried to get Agar in in a film. He tried to get Boris Karloff in a movie too, but it never happened. But this movie. It's, he, you know, Lance Fuller plays this guy who's kind of like a great white hunter and he takes his wife with him on a safari. And I think they had some footage of, of a tiger that they wanted to use. So there's a bunch of there's like this whole side plot about tiger hunting. And this plot would be perfect, perfect, perfect for John Agar. I can just imagine exactly how he'd play the part. And Lance Fuller uh, is not as charismatic and doesn't have sort of the... I don't know, John Agar has this kind of thing where he kind of 
kind of struts through his movies. He's very confident. Yeah. You know, there's almost this kind of haughty, kind of arrogant kind of aspect to some of his his characters. And Lance Fuller isn't that at all. Lance Fuller is, I guess, trying his best here, but um, he just doesn't have the personality for it like John would have for this. So uh, that's still an entertaining film, though. Uh, the Ride and the Beast. And the DVD for it is actually excellent. So uh, th- that's one where the DVD is really, really good. Like the picture quality is beautiful. It's a widescreen transfer. There's special features on it. Uh, people should definitely check out The Bride and the Beast on DVD. That's a fun one. Yeah, on uh, something like Venus Flytrap, which uh, turned out it was not, uh, yeah, it was made by American servicemen. And there's been a lot of confusion as to who actually made the movie and why. But uh, it turns out it was made by people in the American military who were stationed over in Japan. And uh, the guy that I think directed it was the guy who was in charge of getting entertainment at military bases in Japan for Americans. You know, the Americans stationed over there needed to be entertained, and so this guy was there, was like the head of getting entertainment, head of the entertainment department over there. And so he got uh, he got the idea in his mind that he was going to make a movie, and he somehow got connected with this script called The Venus Flytrap. And... Uh, it's now known as the Revenge of Dr. X, probably through this kind of um, mistaken uh, misattribution of the film in the 1980s. It was picked up by this uh, video company called, I think, Regal Video. Uh, I've heard about, I've read a little bit about them that they might have been more into making furniture than movies. <laughs> and they bought up the rights to Venus Flytrap. They it might have actually been missing a title sequence when they got it, so they just took the credits from another movie and just added it on to the beginning of this one so that it would have credits. But none of the people in the credits are in the movie at all. But uh, what people tend to notice about Revenge of Dr. X is there's no revenge and there's no Dr. X. So there's, like, the two things that are in the title are not in the movie at all. There's nobody getting revenge and there's nobody named Dr. X. So Venus Flytrap is a much more uh, accurate title. Uh, that's a film where you can get it on a lot of um, Mill Creek box sets. And it's also just a public domain film. The print that you can get of it is pretty rough. But, um, yeah. but hey, you know... I think if, if I think people can can survive it, it's not that bad. Uh, that's the, one of the plagues of doing this project is that uh, a lot of times the the best DVD version you can get is something is something that was made uh, from videotape, uh, where the movie was you know in the eighties was transferred to videotape, and then the V eight and then the DVD version is just. Um, is just a transfer from a VHS. So rather than filmed DVD, you're getting filmed to video DVD. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Something sounds like something happened here. I don't know if you can hear me all right. It just happened. It's like, oh, crap, what just happened to Skype? Okay. 
<laughs> okay, hopefully you can hear me now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been recording pretty much for a while now, and I might take some of what we just talked about out and use it as you know a proper episode. But l- let me get some uh, actual... Like kind of back and forth and all that and, and do like a little intro bit and all, but uh, and I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes. <laughs> That's good. All right, here we go. Again, big thanks to Joe for joining us on Monster Kid Radio to talk about Ed Wood. You really need to be reading his website, Dead to Rights, not just for the Edward Wednesday project, but for everything that he puts up there. The guy is a talented writer. You're always going to learn something while smiling. It's a great blog. Highly, highly recommended. Comes with the Monster Kid Radio stamp of approval. What's coming up next on Monster Kid Radio? Not 100% sure yet. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I suffered a loss recently. My grandmother passed away at the age of 95. And last weekend, I was down in Arizona for the funeral. Now, I'm back up here in Oregon at the Monster Kid Radio Studios to put this show together. And I'm going to try real hard to put out episode 84 here in a couple of days. I don't want to break that Tuesday-Thursday rhythm. But if I'm not able to get something put together, I'm going to ask you to please bear with me. Keep your podcast dials tuned to MonsterKidRadio.net or Monster Kid Radio on the iTunes Store or Stitcher because there will be another episode next week. I know that we've got to share with you what happened at the Monster Kid Radio crash when we crashed the Hollywood Theater for Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters. That will be coming up maybe later this week, maybe next week. You're just going to have to keep listening to find out. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for their support. I want to thank everybody for the reviews people have given us in the iTunes store and all the kind words, all the support about the Rondo Awards, all the support about the stuff going on in my life personally. It's been great. You guys and y'all are great. Monster Kid Radio is great because of you. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Talk to everybody here soon. Monster Kid Radio.